We hope everyone is staying safe here on this Saturday. It is Dickerson and Hood, ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. We're also on Sirius XM Channel 80. And on your smart speaker by asking Play ESPN Radio, we are presented by Progressive Insurance. It is our pleasure, Jonathan, to welcome in our next guest, former NFL wide receiver Dante Stallworth is with us on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Dante, thank you so much for giving us a couple minutes here on this Saturday. Let's start by just, what's this last week been like for you personally? Hey, thanks for having me on, fellas. Um, it's been interesting. It's been uh, a lot of emotions. Um, I live in Washington, D.C., so I've been at, I've been at the protest. Uh, they, they've been protesting every day. Uh, since last week, and it's it's been people have been angry, people have been upset, frustrated, and they feel disenfranchised. Uh, and it's, it's been going on for so long that this was just going to eventually bubble over at some point. And I think the conditions of being in a global pandemic with the coronavirus, I think that that kind of exacerbated things as well. And also, you know, in the same token, one thing that we haven't discussed as a society a whole lot is uh, in the last uh, 10 or 11 weeks, you know, more than 40 million Americans have have uh, filed for unemployment. And every week for, for, uh, for 10 straight weeks, 11 straight weeks, 4 million people have, have been uh, filing for unemployment. And the last time that anything near that happened in the country was the Great Depression. So we haven't seen, even with the Great Depression, we have not seen one week where more than a million, million more than one million Americans have lost their jobs. And we've seen that for 11 straight weeks consecutively, four million plus. And so these are, these are some very volatile times. On top of that, you're dealing with not just a global pandemic, but the pandemic of police brutality, which is, I, I always say when I do interviews, it's not a political issue at all. This is a human rights issue. And people all around the world, from Berlin to Tokyo, London, uh, Syria, New Zealand, Ireland, Poland, Australia, I mean, this, the list goes on and on. You see tens of thousands of people mar- marching in solidarity all around the world. Uh, marching for George Floyd, marching for Breonna Taylor, marching for Black Lives Matter. So this is this is something that has exploded, and the conditions that brought us here uh, have have also bubbled over to the top. Dante, how different is this movement against police brutality? How different is this versus other cases of police brutality? Well, I, I think uh, I think it's different because. Uh, of all the things that I just mentioned about about the about us dealing with the global pandemic, which is not by not by far over with yet, we're still in the first wave, and there's there's you know bound to be a second wave. We would hope not, but uh, science speaks otherwise to these pandemics, uh, to the coronavirus. So we're still dealing with the we're still dealing with the with the pandemic. Like I said, the the economic um, disparities between the rich and the poor in this country have just exploded since the late seventies and, uh, and obviously racial, racial, um, racial injustice is still prevalent in this country and police brutality 
So I think, again, I think all these things have, have culminated into the protests uh, that you've seen from, uh, you know, from San Francisco to New York City. And people are rebelling. People are rebelling in the streets. They're rebelling, honestly, against the uh, aggressive nature of the law enforcement that's been uh, deployed on the streets. And we've seen images all, again, all across the country of police escalating violence. And we can't, we, we cannot take that lightly that the people who are meant to serve and pretend, listen, I know they have a difficult job. I think everybody knows they have a difficult job, but there needs to be a systemic change in the way we are policed. They've become too militarized. And I think anybody, whether, whether you're uh, support the police or not, can agree with the fact that the police uh, in this country have become, have become way too far uh, militarized. So then when all those weapons of war come home, and we are the recipients of, of this brutality. We are the recipients of this uh, brutal violence that that was been happening. I've, I've been there. I was there Monday when the president gave his speech at the Rose Garden and uh, the park police were there on their horses and they started violently uh, attacking protesters to move us out of that area. And it was something that I, that I never thought I would see in this country. I mean, I wasn't around during the civil rights era, that was not a peaceful time. That was a very violent time as well. And people have been rebelling against that. And so I think that's why you've seen uh, a lot of the uh, instances of what's been happening, you know, all, in, in every, every single state there have been protests. And, uh, and, and now people are starting to uh, demand sweeping reforms, sweeping changes to the criminal justice system, sweeping changes uh, to these old systems that have not been working for the average American, that have only been working for the the very few percent at the top at the, at the very top of of this country, and 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 that to me is something that people are bringing into this movement. And you know, history will history will have the last word of what this moment actually means. But as of right now, I mean, you see people again all across the country, all across the world that are marching and protesting in solidarity, and we haven't seen anything like that maybe since the Iraq war. Former NFL wide receiver Dante Stallworth is our guest on Dickerson and Hood, TSPN Radio, and the ESPN app. I know, Dante, you missed Drew Brees by a year in New Orleans, but, you know, he was in the league for a long time when you were in the league. And, you know, when his first statement came out about kneeling during the anthem, Michael Thomas tweeted out right away, you know, he doesn't know any better. I don't know. I kind of feel like he should know a lot better. You know, look, the guy has been an NFL quarterback for such a long time. The overwhelming majority of his coworkers are black people. Um, Was he just not paying attention a couple years ago when this all happened? Did he not want to know what was happening? I'm just curious. I know he has since changed his tune, which I think finally he got on the right message at the end. But, you know, when you first saw what he had to say, what was your reaction? Well, I actually know Drew. I, I did overlap with him a little bit. Uh, I was traded a week or two from New Orleans before the season started, so I had the whole off season to to get to know Drew a little bit. And we actually both had our surgeries in uh, in Birmingham with Dr. Andrews. So uh, we both had shoulder surgeries at the end of the 2005 season. Obviously, his more horrific than mine, but uh, I, I know Drew. I like Drew, uh, and I think mostly everyone uh, that comes into contact with him does. However, he totally missed the mark on this one. And I think when we're 
discussing these issues, you know, and, and, I, and, I, and I'll keep saying it, the fact that when people look at police brutality issue or uh, the kneeling, um, the kneeling and, and, and silent protest, when people look at these issues as political issues and why they were protesting, then, then you can't move. It's, it's harder to remove yourself from your side, your ideology, whether you agree with the protests or not. But there is a duty for all of us as American citizens to educate ourselves, to understand the history and understand that these, uh, these inequities towards the black community is something that has, that has been uh, geared to do just that. The criminal justice system and a lot of the legislation that has been passed was geared to throw black people in jail for a long time. So when people say the system is broke, it's not broke. It's actually working the way it was intended to work. But we have to reform that system or even get rid of that entire system and, and figure out a new way where we can actually live up to uh, liberty and justice for all. Until we do that, you will continue to see these protests, I'm sure. Um, you will continue to see people angry and upset. And there needs to be some accountability because the police have been in, immunized from accountability, even in the midst of this global pandemic. Dante, uh, when you're at the job or when you played in the locker room, there's always going to be conversations, maybe some conversations you're not privy to, some that you, that might involve you. Um, and I was thinking about what Vic Fangio, Denver Broncos coach, said earlier this week about how he didn't see racism in the National Football League. Uh, and, I, and Jeff and I know that that's, that's not true uh, because there's so many examples of that in the NFL. I'll ask you, though, from your experience, what did you experience a racial divide while you played in the NFL? Is there any examples of that? Uh, so I, I think uh, for the for the most part, um, in in the locker rooms, everyone gets along. Doesn't matter what your religion is, what color your skin, uh, what your political ideology is. People, we are there to play football. We are there to to do a job. We all have uh, family to take care of, and. For the most part, guys are pretty much, uh, you know, even, even with the different uh, political ideologies, left and the right or whatever side of the spectrum you land on, uh, guys are there to do a job, uh, which is to win football games. And, and it, it's hard enough to go, you know, in the NFL and, and win football games, you know, on a weekend and week out basis. That's hard enough in, it, in itself, you know, as opposed to, like, worrying about what, uh, worrying about, you know, like, like any other divide because we all get along so well. And it's, you know, it's the NFL is predominantly uh, African-American, but uh, every, everyone, you know, for the most part gets along. So I, I, I never saw any, anything like that at all my, in my time. And I've been in the multiple uh, different locker rooms as well. I do want to ask you, Dante, uh, do you think Roger Goodell's statement was sincere? I hope so. Um, I think a lot of people are still, are still upset and uh, still don't trust the NFL because the, because of the fact that the NFL has not mentioned Colin Kaepernick's name at all um, in any of these statements. And, you know, he was the one that kick, kick-started this whole thing off. So uh, I think it's a good first step. Like I said, I, 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 I'm happy to see them moving in this direction. Uh, the, you know, they were forced by the players, and that's, I, you know, that's something that, that also can't be lost on us is that the players got together and wielded their power 
their star power, and immediately the NFL came out um, and uh, responded to the demands of the players. The players came out with demands, and uh, you know, up until at least mentioning what what uh, they wanted the NFL to mention that uh, Black Lives Matter with a number of other demands they made, and it happened right away. So um, that's a way that we can move together, move in unison, because, the again, the NFL is a predominantly, uh, or I should say NFL players, uh, are, is predominantly African-American. So the players essentially run the league, and yet uh, they are just now starting to exercise their power and, and what they can start, you know, pushing the NFL to do, get behind them with legislation, uh, support them in, in different ways, you know, more than, more ways, more concrete ways than, than words. Words are good. Words are a good first step. But next we have to move to concrete actions, a plan, strategy, all that, because, you know, that's what we do in football. So let's take that same mentality and, and push forward uh, for whatever, whatever the NFL players are looking to get out of, get out of the NFL. Dante, thank you so much. Dante, uh, when you talk to young people, go ahead, Jonathan. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Jeff. No, uh, go ahead. I'm just going to ask Dante. You, you know, when you talk to young, when you talk to young people about what is going on in our world right now with police brutality, uh, what what is usually your message to young people because they're you, they're young trying to figure out what is going on. So what what's the message uh, that you send, and what do you uh, what do you receive from young people? I, I've seen, you know, most of these protests, at least in Washington, D.C., uh, from what I've gathered, have been mostly uh, younger folks. And that's usually the way it goes, right? Like, you look at uh, during the Vietnam War, that, that atrocious war that we essentially lied our ways into and, you know, millions of deaths. People were rebelling at home. They were upset. Uh, and it's and it essentially was pushed forward by by college students. Uh, you remember the unfortunate events at Kent State. Uh, it's usually the young people who get who get the ball rolling, uh, and then they get their parents to get on board, their aunts and uncles, uh, their their teachers and professors, and uh, they you know they they have been the ones that have that have been driving these protests, and it's it's, it's really good to see. So. Uh, you know, honestly, they they understand much more than I did at that age. Uh, they're much more in tune with uh, with global politics and uh, what's happening in the world today, and how how we uh, how we are fitting uh, currently living through. Uh, you know, it's been an interesting year, obviously. Uh, you know, unprecedented global pandemic and uh, these protests again. You know, this is something that uh, that will be written in the history books about, and these kids want to want to. Uh, write their own chapter and in, in, in how we move forward in this country. Dante, thank you so much uh, for giving us some time, man. Really enjoyed uh, your visit with us. Uh, all the best to you and stay safe, okay? Thank you. I appreciate you for having me on. Dante Stallworth with us on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line here on ESPN Radio. And coming up next, we'll continue this conversation where Roger Goodell's comments sincere. That's next. But first, it's time for Sports Center on ESPN Radio. In a message addressed to Donald Trump on Friday night, Drew Brees stood by his apology for earlier comments on disrespecting the flag after Trump wrote 
that the Saints quarterback should not have changed his stance. Bruce Breeze was following up on his pledge to be an ally for the black community in the fight for racial equality and social justice. Tune in to ESPN Monday night as the undefeated presents three hours of programming dedicated to social justice, including our town halls from Chicago and Birmingham and playing for justice, a behind the scenes look at the criminal justice system through the eyes of NBA players. It all starts at eight Eastern on ESPN.